everyone, and welcome to uh, KickCast, the podcast made for students by students. Here we promote and share insights on the innovative industries of tomorrow, startups, and their founders. My name is Louis, and I'll be ho- I'll be your host today alongside Adele, who will introduce herself right after. This program is offered by Warwick Kickstarts. You can find more information about us on our social media, which will be put in the description of this podcast. Hi, everyone. Adele here. Today, we are joined by Hugo Telmau, CEO and founder of Charged Up, Europe's largest phone charging network. Charged Up gives you power on demand through its network of portable power banks. All right. So, Hugo, what's going to happen today is that we'll ask you a few questions about yourself, your career and you know, ask you for some potential tips that you may have for us and for our listeners. Then we'll go through a few rounds of quick fire questions. Awesome. I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. Um, I'll let you start, Louis, with the first question. Yeah, well, welcome to the podcast, Hugo. Uh, can you start by uh, telling us a bit more about yourself? Uh, what, st- what studies did you do? What is your career path? Uh, how did you come to create your own ventures? Yeah, of course. So... I grew up in the UK. Uh, I went to school in, in Berkshire um, and ultimately ended up getting into Exeter University to study renewable energy engineering, uh, which was a bit of a, a rogue choice at the time. I, I actually applied for main campus uh, to do uh, general engineering, uh, but I managed to uh, flunk my exams and I, I ended up going to the uh, Falmouth campus, uh, which was uh Definitely the best decision I made uh, to take that that opportunity, and I, I ended up studying renewable energy engineering, which was absolutely fantastic. I spent four years doing it. I ended up getting a master's, um, and uh, by the end of the course, uh, I was working on a number of different projects, uh, both entrepreneurial and uh, academic, um, that ultimately led to the products that I'm now working on in Charged Up. Um, so I guess the the origin story of Charged Up actually started while I was at university doing my studies. Okay, that's uh, that's uh, that's a great career so far, because uh, you're you you you're still very young, right? Uh, how old are you, if I may? That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm actually 25. So I came straight out of university to uh, launch the business. I've been running the business for three and a bit years now. Um, and although I, uh, you know, my my LinkedIn. Uh, my CV may say that I've been working at a load of different places. Those places were, in fact, all internships and summer placements. <laughs> so I am almost the same age as all of you guys on the call right now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun learning curve uh, the last few years trying to figure out how to run a business and hire a team and raise money. And, um, yeah, hopefully my but the fact that I am so close in age and, and uh, I guess, experience as well uh, to you guys and the listeners. Um, hopefully that will be uh, actually more useful than perhaps someone who's a, a 50-year-old who's had 30 years in industry <laughs> coming on the podcast and, and telling you to, to, to start your own business. Yeah. No, that's for sure. It's really inspiring. For sure. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, yeah, because, I mean, you, you mentioned your LinkedIn in your previous experience because, um, right, Right before this uh, this podcast, I've had a check to your uh, to your LinkedIn, and you had experience at Google. Uh, if I remember, uh, you, you you were also a venture capital analyst at some point. Um, these were were these uh, determining experience that um, directed you towards this career uh, in the startup environment and venture capital. Um, 
what this experience that 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 um, made you make this decision or um you always uh, wanted to 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 do this yeah i think uh it's it's obviously very difficult to know what you want to do um especially when you're at school and you know school subjects really do not align with any type of career uh in 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 the broad sense you know most people don't do geography as a career let's say um so when i was at school i was very much trying to figure out what i wanted to do i think from the age of 14 or maybe 15 onwards i did uh one or multiple internships every summer holidays um in order to try and figure out what i wanted to do you know i did architecture at one point like you said i went into google one time i worked in uh, deutsche bank uh, i thought i wanted to be a, a financier at one point um i worked in vcs both big ones and small ones infrastructure capital all sorts of different stuff and what i really found is it's not necessarily uh so much about the internships that you do that you really love it's actually a lot of it is figuring out what you don't love and what you don't want to do in your career um you know for example i remember uh in my first week at deutsche bank uh i i i had a, i think you know three or four days in we had basically blocked calendar meetings all the time with the person i was shadowing and we then had a uh a meeting that we were all summoned into and the meeting's agenda was the fact that they were having too many meetings so we had a meeting about how many meetings we were having and i quite quickly realized uh that the the people i was working with were not really doing that much work they were mainly just talking to other people about what projects they would eventually do and that didn't really inspire me that much so i realized that the the kind of big corporate world was not so much for me um the following summer when i went into a very small stage a very early stage small small company um it was a tech company uh, called pavegen um they were i think about maybe 30 or 40 people at the time um and it was very much that mentality of hustling everyone can get involved on the different projects i was learning a huge amount working across different teams um and it really inspired me to uh actually get involved in a you know a, a startup early stage business myself um and you know that was one of the the key deciding factors in in kind of going down this journey uh and and starting my own business well that's uh that's really insightful it is yeah it's great so you this is kind of what led you to the mindset and the you know the desire to be in maybe like smaller structures and having you know maybe um walking away from a very corporate uh mindset but when and where did the actual idea of charged up you know um come like come to be and how far have you come as a company since then yeah sure so i was at uh, lords cricket ground um very famous cricket ground in the uk uh, i was with uh, one of my school friends and we were we were watching a a game in the sun enjoying uh you know some beers with uh with with uh, a few of our other friends as well and unfortunately uh i think it was about you know 4:00 o'clock in the afternoon um i was i'd been applying for grad schemes left right and center i'm sure if you're if you're in your final year that's what you're going through right now i know my my little brother is uh, at the moment yeah. so um it's it's not the most fun time it's been <laughs> it's stressful um and i was <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going through that um and I I I'd applied for Microsoft and I'd got uh you know a a call scheduled in the afternoon 
Um, and I, I ultimately was watching my phone battery dwindle as the day went on, getting lower and lower. Um, I think it was a relatively old iPhone. Um, and I'm sure anyone that's got a even a kind of plus one year old <laughs> iPhone knows that feeling all too well. Um, and <laughs> yeah, as the day got, got, got a bit later, I, I ultimately ended up uh, running out of battery. And obviously, I, I needed to keep my phone alive in order to take this call. So I ended up trudging down the road to find a corner <laughs> shop in order to buy uh, a power bank. So I'd left the cricket ground, left the the, the fun of the day. Um, and I ended up finding a power bank, which I bought for, I believe it was about 20 quid. Um, and it was definitely not worth 20 quid because it broke after about two uses. But ultimately, it allowed me to take the call. Um, and it, it, it made me think uh, around six months after the experience that there had to be a better way uh, of, of uh, charging your phone on the go. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd been taking Boris bikes uh, to my internship every day. Uh, and I thought it was a brilliant concept, this idea that I could rock up at the station, grab a bike, you know, cycle it off, leave it somewhere else and never need to own it or maintain it or worry about it, just pay for it when I needed it. And I thought, what if we combine that original problem of the phone charging with the with the Boris bike concept? And that's where the, the concept for Charged Up was born. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, I guess, a, a, a long story after that from the initial inception of the idea. But um, that's where it all came from. Well, that's a, that's a really cool story. I guess it's, uh, it works pretty well with VC funds and, uh, and investors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no honestly it's uh, it's it. um it's really insightful and it, it shows how a cool idea like that can 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 come from uh you know like a common day where you have a problem you just you just think about how could i solve this and then i guess the 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 hardest part is to say okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna actually start my company and and you know take the step of doing it by myself even when you're a, a, a yeah. student and you started at 23 years old or over 22 in your case. That's it. Yeah, I would. I always say to people that um, you know a business is is about one percent the idea and ninety percent, ninety nine percent execution. Um, you know, a lot of people have said to me over the years, "Oh, I had that idea for Charged Up years ago," and it's like, well, you didn't do it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's uh, you know, it's all very well coming up with a, an idea or trying to solve a problem. It's really what 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 actually counts is when you actually start working on it, chipping away at the problem, trying to figure out how you're going to make this thing a reality. Um, and you know, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I think it's one of the most fun ways to live your life. Um, it, it gives you a lot of freedom. It gives you a lot of choice in in what you do. It's definitely not the easy path, um, but I could not imagine doing anything else, uh, and I very much enjoy it. Well, uh, we 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 both hope uh, your, your your host uh, that that will uh, will find something in our life that will make us uh, as uh, thriving as you as you are at the moment. Uh, just to because our our listeners are students, um, a question that is really important and especially that it comes to what we do at Kickstarter, which is promoting uh, the startup environment, uh, venture capital, and those these innovative industries compared to uh, all the corporate world and the traditional uh, career path that people take. Um, what for you is the advantage of, uh, or the advantages of working in a startup 
uh, instead of starting your career in a big corporate or an investment bank, for example? Yeah, sure. Um, great question. I think, you know, I, I ultimately haven't done the, the latter, so I can't really comment. But um, from my perspective and, and, and my, my small experience so far, um, the startup world really allows you to have a lot more autonomy. Um, you, you're able to solve uh, perhaps smaller problems, but they have a much bigger impact on the organization. Um, you, you obviously have negative things like that. The, your, your budgets will be smaller. You might have a smaller team. You're probably going to have to work harder and work longer hours. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not always an easy route. And, and perhaps you might not be paid quite so much as well, especially in early stage startup. But um, the, the, the benefit is you get to turn up to work wearing, you know, just normal clothes and you can have beers with your team in the, in the office. We, we have a, a beer tap and a Jägermeister tap in our office, just, just, just behind the camera. Um, you know, we, awesome. these are the important things in life, right? <laughs> we, we get to, you know, just have a bit more fun, I think. Um, but, the, you know, on a, on, a, on a grander scale, I think you, you get to impact the company in a much more meaningful way um, yeah. as opposed to being part of a, you know, a hundred person project that runs for five years that you maybe weren't even in the company when it started and you may not even be in the company when it ends. It, yeah. it, it doesn't feel quite so much like you're having an impact on, on something. Whereas in a startup, you, you're going to see the impact. And if you don't, you're probably going to get kicked out pretty quickly because <laughs> you're probably the only person that can do that job. <laughs> And uh, would you say that that these these are obviously really interesting points, and especially the I like the the ego part. <laughs> but um, but when it comes to you know the the fact that you have a smaller team, obviously it's gonna this is gonna provoke the, that that you're gonna you're gonna wear a, a lot of different hats, and obviously you're gonna you're gonna work on a lot of different projects, which are going to require. A really diverse set of skills. So, would you say that working in a in a startup would enhance a more diverse um, set of skills than than working in a corporate? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the startup uh, role, obviously, you you are there's definitely specialists in the company, and you know, we're going through that stage now of really, um, you know, we, we've now we've we've crossed over the fifty person mark, so we're getting to the point where people do have much more specialized roles, but especially in the early days for, you know, for myself and the other founders, you're, you're constantly shifting, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to build a product one day or one hour, you're, you're talking to investors another, you're, you're being, you're doing sales another, you're trying to hire people the next, it's literally, you're constantly shifting from one role to another. Um, but, you know, that, that's really part of the fun. I think it gives you an exposure to, especially when you're early in your career, you know, you you don't necessarily know what you want to do, so it's actually quite good to to have a real broad um, portfolio of skills, and and also, you know, it allows you to then specialize on the job. So if you if you start the company, and you know, maybe you start it with a few friends, one of you might end up being fantastic with the numbers, and then end up being on on that side of things. Someone someone else might have never sold a thing in their life, but turn out to be a natural salesperson. And push themselves in that direction. So I think um, you know, especially early stage startups allow you to uh, really kind of figure out what you want to do um, and and learn on the job. 
Well, thank you for that response. It's, uh, it's, uh... Mm -hmm. I actually had um, a question that was kind of relating to what you were talking about, about, you know, changing your mind and discovering what you want to do and, uh, you know, always being open to new ideas. Do you think that you always knew that you wanted to be a startup founder, like that you were always waiting for that one idea to finally um, give it a go? Or is it something that developed over time or something that just, you know, occurred to you, what, uh, you know, what about when you were telling that story? Um, but like, is it something that just came up or is it something that you always knew you wanted to do? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, going all the way back, like even when I was at um, primary school, I was I was doing all sorts of side hustles and businesses. I, I've always enjoyed building things um, and, 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 you know, trying to make money. Um, uh, going through university, I set up a number of different businesses, including an events company and a, an equipment hire business, renting out, you know, equipment for, for, for other DJs to put on parties. And, um, you know, I set up a drone business at one point, all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but I, I think it was really once I started working, I mentioned PaveGen previously. I also worked at another company, um, which was uh, while, while I was at university, very uh, prolific on campus. A company called Tilt, which was um, they, they eventually got acquired by Airbnb. But they were trying to solve the problem of splitting your bills with your friends, your uh, being able to um, organize events with people and collect money for them. It was kind of like a I guess like a Kickstarter, but for you and your friends, if that kind of makes sense. But um, I was, I, I did a, a summer with those guys and it really uh, kind of set me on the trajectory of, of wanting to get involved in tech um, and realizing that, you know, although it's really fun to do these very non-scalable businesses like an events company or, uh, you know, the, the, the things I was doing at university, tech is really where uh, you can make a big impact. Um, and you can kind of scale yourself out of the equation. You know, uh, doing an events company, you have to be on the site on site in order to make the money. Doing a tech company, you know, for us, for example, uh, we've got we've got about three thousand venues with our phone charging systems. Which, if I go on holiday, they still keep charging people's phones. It doesn't matter if I'm in the business or not. Um, so I, I guess it's it's that idea of being able to. Uh, build something that's you know almost infinitely scalable, um, and you 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 don't need to put your time into it in order to kind of make it successful every single day. It, it just kind of runs itself. So um, yeah, I guess that's what led me on to to trying to get into the tech world. Yeah, but that, that's uh, that, that that's interesting because this response leads to 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 kind of what you're what you're seeing for the future regarding your company. And you're 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 talking about the fact that uh, it is uh, infinitely scalable, and it's something that works without you being at the office and monitoring everything. So, let's say uh, let, let let's say uh, in three, five to ten years, uh, what do you think uh, about about what's going to happen to your company? Would you like to stay as the CEO of the company? Are you looking to sell it to a bigger corporation or to a fund? What what is your perspective at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, so for for startup founders, you know, ultimately you're not you, you're not really working for your salary as much as you are working for the exit opportunity. Um, you know, as as I'm sure you know, when you start the company, you tend to divide it up between the people who start it. You then take on investors as time goes on. They they give you you know, let's say a million pounds, and you give them twenty percent of the company, um, and that continues as you raise more and more money. 
Um, and the, the ultimate goal is to eventually sell the company so that your, you know, 30%, 40%, whatever you're left with uh, is, is, you know, realized into, um, uh, you know, a, a great amount of cash at the end of it. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, it's, uh, it's really about scaling up the business to um, be, a, a, you know, a multinational, um, uh, a fantastic business that's really valuable to people and uh, people really want to keep using and then, yeah, I would I would love to to sell it on to someone else, or or you know do an IPO and um, continue to grow the business, perhaps under my management or perhaps under someone else's. Who yeah, knows? That, that but, would be um, my that would be my question. Yeah. Um, if you you know if at some point you sell the majority of equity in your company, would you would you like to stay at, at, uh, in the management, or would you like to give control uh, of this company? Uh, it's a great question. I, I think ultimately you'll only know when the time comes um, as to if you are the right person to keep growing the value of the business, or if you uh, actually want to go on and you know run again at it and, and try and build another business. Um, I definitely don't think that uh, Charged Up and the Up company is going to be the last thing I do. Like, like I said previously, you know, I'm only 25. I'm sure there's a few more of these uh, left to be done in, in, in my future career. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I, I think only time will tell. Okay, thank you for that. Concerning the current climate surrounding COVID-19, um, how has your business model been impacted considering that Charged Up obviously involves a lot of sharing and touching of the product yeah it's a it's a great question um i think early days of lockdown we were very much trying to figure out that 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 very question how are we going to make charged up you know safe in the in the world of covid um we we, we ultimately decided to do a number of things um we we have a a rider network as we call them they're, they're the guys who go out and um you know usually they would be just kind of cleaning the stations, but not so much with COVID in mind, just to, to keep them clean, um, restocking them with batteries, uh, recirculating the network if someone's taken a load of batteries from one place and returned them somewhere else, um, and just generally making sure the network runs uh, smoothly. Um, we've increased the size of that fleet uh, quite substantially um, so that we can uh, ensure that every single uh, station is being cleaned down on a, on a monthly basis um, and obviously kept, uh, you know, nice and safe. We, we also use a, a special spray that keeps the, 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 the virus from kind of settling on, on the batteries. Um, and then we also implemented a thing on, our, on, on the side of the stations as well, such that uh, if a battery has been rented, it will not release the battery for uh, three days uh, so that, it, you know, if someone's touched it, uh, it, it The, the virus will have died and, and you know disappeared off the battery um, by the time someone else uses the the, the station. So we, we very much had um, you know it's it's a it's a business that involves a lot of sharing and therefore it was uh, of high importance to us to make sure it was safe and we could not ever uh, you know be be held responsible for uh, someone contracting COVID from our network. Um, on top of that, uh, we also started a business. Uh, right at the beginning of lockdown uh, that has gone on to become uh, an incredibly successful part of the business uh, called Cleaned Up. Um, Cleaned Up is, is a very simple business. It's, it's very low tech. Um, it's basically hand sanitizer stations um, and, uh, and the actual sanitizer um, fluid itself. Uh, so at the beginning of lockdown, 
Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we we obviously set this up at the beginning of lockdown thinking, let's just try and do something to help out our existing venue network, uh, make sure that they can reopen safely uh, as the lockdown starts to get lifted. And obviously, there was a massive shortage of, of sanitizer, especially in the early days. Um, I'm sure you can all remember the craziness that was going on with people selling sanitizer for 50 quid a bottle on Amazon and all sorts of madness. But we, we managed to uh, get hold of some some sanitizer. Uh, it's a long story, but it, it was kind of somehow uh, extradited from, from Russia and brought over to the UK. And we managed to convert that into, into sanitizer with a, with a third party. It was all very crazy at the beginning of lockdown. Um, but we then were able to get we were able to get our hands on some you know relatively inexpensive sanitizer, which we could then pass on that you know that low price point to our our clients, and um, we we started selling to just our existing uh, network of, of charged up venues. Uh, we, we produced I think 150 units in the, in the early days, sold them on very quickly, produced some more, got more and more interest. Uh, we then managed to land some some pretty major deals like uh, the the London TFL network. So now every tube station has got one of our sanitizer stations. Then that kind of snowballed, and once you have TFL as a client, people start to take you seriously. So we then started landing more and more big clients like Leon and Costa and Holiday Inn and Hilton Group, and all sorts of of crazy people started signing up to to the product. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that now um, we, we've managed to sign some, some subsequent deals that have allowed us to uh, deploy one of our stations to one in three uh, pubs in the UK and, and about 35,000 uh, locations across the UK. So it's been, it's been a pretty crazy ride uh, this year so far. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you've definitely turned this into a great opportunity for you and made a great thing out of it. So that's uh, that's very important. That's very interesting. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations for that. Um, I mean, well, you you you'll have the entire event uh, next week to to develop on how you you manage to transform your business and create new ideas uh, in order to to accommodate to the this current situation. But it's um, it's it's apparently really successful. So it's uh, thank you. Yeah, well, we've uh, we did a calculation on the number of dispensers uh, that have gone out from our network, and uh, I think it was that we we uh, cleaned about thirty million hands. So I would like to think that we have uh, had an impact on preventing the spread of COVID, uh, even even in a small way. Um, if if we've managed to sanitize that number of hands across the UK. Well, honestly, I'm uh, I'm quite impressed. <laughs> um, we wanted to ask you questions about, um, you know, when you when you hire interns, for example, or or, or even graduate position in your companies, um, what kind of 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 personality slash mentality slash skills are you looking uh, for uh, in a person, or students, or even an experienced professional? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a great question. I think. Uh, we we have a, a kind of culture bible um, for for what makes um, you know the the type of people that work at this company. Um, one of the one of the major things that I look for um, in in uh, in someone joining the company is is having high agency. High agency is is uh, the ability to 
not see the world as uh, immovable objects in your way, is, is to be able to see the, the world in a way that you can bend uh, space and time in order to make things happen. Um, so if, you, if you're presented with a problem, do you just think, you know, this is not possible to solve or do you um, analyze it, figure out how to get around that problem and, and keep moving forward? Because I think that's one of the most key things in life that will determine whether you are a successful person or not is if you uh, feel like there's there's roadblocks in front of you, uh, you just give up, or if you figure out how to smash them out of the way and keep moving forward. Well, I, I think that, uh, that Einstein would have loved your your description of, of, of high agency. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, That's uh, it. it's really interesting. So I think that we all know that the interview process can be quite daunting. So do you have any tips for our students and even just, you know, for us too, because we really need them um, in the application phase? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I think the thing to remember is you are ultimately just speaking to a person on the other end of the phone. They went through the same process as you. They might be a few years ahead of you, but do not be intimidated um, you know, be confident going into it. Do your research. That's key. Do not go into the interview uh, having not read up on the company. And it just, you know, it's a sign of respect as well, um, as much as just, uh, you know, actually showing that you want the role rather than you just want a job. Um, that's something that I really uh, pick up on if, if someone applies to, to us, especially in a junior role, is do they just want to you know, a random job to get some money or do they actually want to work at this company because they're genuinely interested in, you know, what we're working on? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, there's especially at this time, it's a, it's going to be a relatively difficult job market. There's, there's, there's going to be, a uh, you know, increasing unemployment and all sorts of uh, not, not quite so fun things. Um, you really need to make sure that you stand out uh, and you go the extra mile, you know, even things like, thinking about it laterally uh you know high agency here right? <laughs> going back to the last question um think about how you get to that person and how you stand out like <laughs> when you apply on a website you might have maybe a uh, hundred applications to sift through but how can you make yourself stand out from from the rest of people if you you really want to work at let's say charged up you know uh, let's let, let's just put some random idea out there no one has ever sent us something in the post even though our our you know mailbox is is publicly available no one has sent us an application in the post and uh made themselves stand out most of the time i'm me as the ceo i'm opening the post because it's at the office so you know you you, you can directly get in front of the person who's going to be able to influence the decision making in the team um by doing something super random like that i'm not saying it's going to work every time but You've got to think laterally on these things, especially in a, in a more tough job market. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'd say is go in with a, um, a presentation on how you could like do an amazing role at that company. Don't just go in with like the typical answers of this is my experience. This is blah, blah, blah. Go in prepared and be like, okay, so I'm going to come in as your marketing intern. These are the, this, is, this would be my plan for the first 30 days at the company. This is how I would sort things out and change things and do whatever. Here's my recommendations. I've read up on XYZ. Um, I think you could do this better. You know, as long as you do it in the right tone and you're not trying to be arrogant or whatever, um, people will respect you for going that extra mile and showing the the hustle because 
most people don't. You know, most people will just do a very standard uh, CV that looks like every single other person. As another point, don't don't just do a, especially if you're applying to a startup, don't just do one of those generic CVs that's really boring. Like, you know, you're if you go on a website and if it was exactly the same as every other website, you wouldn't remember it, would you? So, you know, why would you do that on your CV? I think for some companies, you know, if you're applying to a bank or something, you have to follow a certain, um, you know, template. But if you're applying to a startup, why not do something different? Yeah. Like, why not make a website that is your CV or, you know, make a video? I don't know. Just, just do something different because that will make you stand out from the crowd. And, um, yeah, I guess that would be my, my advice. Well, there was so much in that. Thank you so much. I think people will definitely find it really helpful. And um, yeah, no, it's been great. Shall we? Yeah, thank you, Hugo. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit uh, sad because I, I, I wish we had more time because, you know, you, you're, you're a great source of uh, inspiration and, uh, and knowledge. Uh, no, no, it's true. Honestly, it's, uh, it, I, but I guess we'll, we'll very, have some more times to, to, kind. to perhaps talk. The, the idea would be... Uh, at the end of the podcast, uh, the idea would be to, to give you like, you know, a quick fire questions. Definitely. That's the name. Uh, and you answer like right away, you know, like a, like a quick comedy video or brute. Um. <laughs> sure. Um, software or hardware products? <laughs> that's, uh, oh, that's difficult. Hardware is more difficult, uh, but if you can do it, it's better because it's, it's more difficult. Therefore, less people do it. Mm -hmm. We all have a challenge. <laughs> um, international or domestic expansion? Ooh, probably domestic because you need to, you need to show that you've got a cr critical mass at home first before going international. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, has been your best day working for Charged Up? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it was probably the day that we went live in our very first venue uh, and someone went up to the bar <laughs> and rented a battery and it just worked and we were all kind of freaking out yeah. thinking that you know no one was ever going to use our product and it wasn't going to work and then someone did it and it worked and then suddenly all that we've been working for for the previous year uh, actually became real mm -hmm. that must have been amazing to see and our last question is, who was the most impressive person you've ever met in your career? Well, oh, that is a difficult one. Um, apart from you guys, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I actually do not know. Um, I've met, some, There's I've, still time. I've met some, uh, some interesting people, but I do not know off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, in a few <laughs> perfect unfortunately we, we 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 have to to finish the podcast but thank you so much uh hugo for uh for this and uh for all these insights um i'll think of uh, sending you a, a mail through the through the, the mailbox uh, in case I, I want to apply to charge up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to receiving some beers i'll send you a, i'll send That's you a bag of my vote <laughs> <laughs> amazing okay. all right that's all for uh today thank you hugo for coming on to our podcasting and giving us insights into the the inner workings of not only charge up and clean up but uh also the startups as a whole um sorry well uh, we'll be you can cut that right <laughs> okay okay
we'll, we'll be happy to welcome Hugo for an online event on Thursday, uh, on the 15th of October at 6 p.m. Uh, this event will be more focused on his ventures uh, themselves and the, te the technology uh, it, they employ. So make sure to stay tuned uh, to our social media uh, for the event announcements and details. All right. With the new academic year finally upon us, keep an eye out for speaker events, new podcasts, and the opportunity to join us by becoming a member. In order to do so, please follow us on our social media pages at Warrior Kickstart. If you're a fresher starting at Warwick University and you're interested in joining our executive teams, we will be recruiting for our different teams in week two. So please keep an eye out on um, for our social media pages as to how to apply. If you want to learn more about Hugo's venture, please visit Charged Up and Cleaned Up website in the description box. And if you want to hear more about um, current affairs in our industry, you can go to our website also in the description to read our weekly articles. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're interested in taking part of our podcast, please message us, uh, message us on Instagram or on, on our Facebook page privately. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you tune in again. Thank you.